everyone, welcome back to Relax with Animal Facts. I am Steph Wolf, and today I am going to be learning with you about our furry, scaly, or possibly even slimy friends. And in today's case, it is going to be undoubtedly a scaly friend of ours because we are covering the oh-so-wonderful bearded dragon. This is, of course, a very special listener episode dedicated to Carrie Ann, Charlie, Vincent, Davis, and Cynthia. This podcast episode was so hotly requested, I apologize if your name is not included, and you did indeed request the animal. It was hard to keep track of everybody that requested this scaly little dragon, but I hope that you all enjoy your very own podcast episode without your continuing writing in and requesting of animals. This episode and all of the other episodes would not have been possible. I got my facts for this episode from facts.net, wildlifeinformer.com, nationalgeographic.com, and lastly, of course, as always, etimonline.com. Without these resources, this episode would have just been a silent film because I knew nothing about the bearded dragon before this podcast recording. So if you want to learn more about these scaly little friends of ours, you are very, very welcome to go into the description of the show, into the show notes, and click around. They will all be there for your consideration and exploration. Now I would like for all of you to notice maybe where you are carrying a lot of your tension. It might be in the neck, it might be in the head, or the hands like me might be in the legs. Maybe you just ran a marathon in this scorching hot weather. Everybody is going to be different but I encourage all of you to try to relax those parts of your body right along with me as we go into this immersive experience with me, Steph Wolf, into the deserts where the bearded dragon resides. While today we are going through the deserts with the sand beneath our feet, looking for the wild bearded dragon, it is important to note that they are not only found in desert habitats. As a general rule, they love warm and very arid areas, so other habitats such as subtropical woodlands, savannas and scrublands will work just as well. They love the sun, and so it's hard to get a tan in a cave. The bearded dragon is a reptile, and its scientific name is the Pagona. The researchers or the people responsible for naming animals have gone really easy on me today. 
it is going to be difficult not to spoil the name portion of the episode at the end, but let's just say a little bit about how it lives up to its name. Like a dragon, it is equipped with this very hard armor of spiny reptilian scales, which includes a beard of spikes right underneath its chin, and depending on its mood, if it's angry or if it's just happy, this can change and puff up and deflate. In total, there are eight different species of bearded dragons that are recognized in today's modern scientific community, all of which are called beardies. Now, this affectionate little distinction, I wonder if it is exclusive just to Australia. I hope that maybe some of you will reach out those with beardies or bearded dragons as pets. Do you call them beardies? I certainly hope so. That's a great name. The bearded dragon is among those popular pet reptiles, and indeed it is one of the most popular because they tend to be very gentle, curious, inquisitive, and active during the day. The central bearded dragon, holding the scientific name Pagona viticeps, is the most common species to have as a pet. But speaking of having them as a pet, Australia had actually banned the export of wild bearded dragons back in the 1960s. But the ones that did get exported prior to this time have been bred for the pet trade in the United States and they come in a variety of colors that are commonly not found in the wild. Now, there is a reason, I suppose, why Australia would ban the export of their native little beardy, and it is because a warm habitat is absolutely crucial for bearded dragons. A bearded dragon is not going to do all that well in the winters of Alaska. Unlike you and me, as we are warm-blooded, they are cold-blooded, which means they will have to rely on some form of an external heat source to raise their body temperature not to die. That is why you can see them laying outside in the open, tanning themselves, basking, taking in the wonderful summer sun. They are warming themselves in order to raise their body temperature. But they can also bury underground to avoid when the heat gets a little bit too hot, but also to avoid predators. While many of us as human beings might be picky eaters, I think everybody can think of somebody they know that is a picky eater, but if you have a bearded dragon, you'll know that they are not very picky eaters. They have strong jaws, they can clench super hard and crush hard-shelled insects like beetles, but they are also omnivores. So they are well-balanced. Their main entree might be a hard-shelled insect, and on the side, 
for a little side salad. They will have leaves, flowers, fruit, and even the occasional small lizard or even rodent. I have a picture of a bearded dragon here in front of me, and I will attempt to describe it to the best of my ability. If you have not already gone and searched up what they look like, and you don't know what they look like, you can see how close your imagination has gotten to the real thing. They look to have one of the most neutral countenances or looks on their face that I have ever seen. They have that very distinctive, spiny, scaly sort of neck that you would imagine from a bearded dragon. They, of course, have four legs with a very long tail. The color of at least the one that I am seeing here, I know that there are different colors and variations, but this one seems to be a sort of tawny brown color, almost a yellow shrubbish mixture of brown and gray and this beige sort of color. And it looks as though their sides are lined with some of these long prickly looking uh, spines and scales with these big claws coming out of each of their feet. They are a beautiful looking creature and truly unique in their anatomy and physiology. There are not many other animals that I would compare this creature to. While the bearded dragon with you might have that gentle, inquisitive sort of posture, in the wild they are known as being extremely territorial. They will display their aggression and they will defend their little bit of territory from other males uh, to be able to fight for food and compete for females. So while they are gentle in your hands, these guys are fighters. This beard does not only play an important function of making them look pretty cool, but it is also a way of defending themselves. When the bearded dragon is threatened or is competing for something, they will open their mouth, raise their chin, and puff out their big beard to make it appear a lot bigger than it really is. They will sometimes even accompany this magnificent display of their glory by a hiss. If you have not seen this before, and if you are not already asleep, When you have a free second, I would encourage you to take a look and check out this display. The average bearded dragon is going to live between 4 and 10 years of age. That is not over or under what I would have guessed their lifespan to be. That range is likely accounting the difference between a wild bearded dragon and between one that is kept as a pet or in some other form of captivity. Because they are active during the day, they are going to have a specific distinction as to how they live their life. We have covered many times on this show animals that are nocturnal, 
but this scaly little friend of ours is active during the day, making them diurnal. While they are outside active during the daytime, they will be able to run incredibly quickly, at least for their relative size. And what you would think, when I see the bearded dragon, they almost look statue-like. But when these calm and fairly sedentary animals want to dart out at a fast speed, they really can. They can run up to 9 miles per hour. That's about 14 kilometers per hour. When you take in their size and also their anatomy, this is very fast. And not only do they like running on their four clawed feet, they enjoy swimming as well. One of the characteristics that we learned earlier in terms of being able to puff themselves up is really going to have a key role in their ability to swim. They can inflate themselves with air in order to increase their buoyancy. Not all enjoy deeper water and most are content to just lay in some shallow water just to bask and maybe feel some of that running water. But some indeed love to swim as a special treat. And when they swim, they will move in a way very similar to that of its crocodile friends, which are much larger. But they will swim swinging their tail back and forth as if acting either like a rudder or like a fifth limb. The bearded dragon is turning out to be one cool animal. Bearded dragons, or beardies as some of you might call them, they may not be able to grow back their tail like some other reptiles, but they can regrow their teeth. They will occasionally lose their front teeth, just as we do when we're kids, when they are trying to catch prey or tear apart food. But it is nothing to be concerned about because they will regrow and they will regrow normally just as they were. This next fact I find to be super cool. It's that bearded dragons have the ability to sleep standing upright. They have the ability to lock their hind legs, meaning their back legs, and this will allow them to hold themselves in place upright. Because they love to be between rocks and crevices, it's an advantage when having to sleep that way, and they will often choose to lean themselves up against something, some kind of a rock or a crevice of some sort, to be able to support themselves and sleep upright. We do not have the ability to keep our legs locked, especially not when we sleep. We might be able to lock out our knees when we are awake and walking around or standing, but in the case of when we sleep, our anatomy, our physiology does not work that way. The next fact is one that is pretty cool. It is that the female bearded dragon has the ability to give birth twice. And what that means is not that they will have 
one baby here and then afterwards mate again and have another one, that is not particularly unique to the bearded dragon. But the female can save reproductive material from the male to fertilize herself again. This will enable the female to lay two clutches instead of just one, and they can number from between 15 to 30 eggs per clutch. Having the ability to do this will maximize the chances that their offspring will be able to live as they might have problems with predators or even a hostile male. Communication is one of those universal principles that is seen in pretty much every animal that we have covered and every animal that we have not covered, which is a lot. The bearded dragons can communicate by changing the colors of their beard and bobbing their heads in a certain way. A fast or quick head bob may signal dominance, whereas a slow bob and an arm wave is a sign of submission. It is always awesome to see how unique the communication systems are between species. Many of us, when we were children, and even now many adults maybe, love to climb trees, and the bearded dragon would have that in common as well. They are known as semi-arboreal, meaning they spend some of their time in trees, or they like to climb trees. They will enjoy their time in the bushes and in the trees. They prefer to be up higher, and these claws that we spoke about earlier have a very strong grip that will allow them to hold on tightly to rocks and trees and bushes. But when they climb trees, they are not going to climb to some sort of social gathering, but they will climb to be mostly alone. They are very solitary creatures in the wild, and this is one of the reasons that when people get bearded dragons, they shouldn't, and they usually don't, keep two or more bearded dragons in the same enclosure. One interesting fact that I would love to have more feedback on from those of you who have bearded dragons is that they apparently produce venom. And though the venom is completely harmless to people, it does in fact have an effect on the insects that they eat. That fact is a very cool one, but I would love to find out if it is actually 100% accurate. Researchers have determined that the bearded dragon can actually see in color. They do have all the rods and cones that are necessary to see color. And this might play an important role in distinguishing between different vegetables and fruits. And it is believed that this is why the beardy or the bearded dragon loves carrots. The bright orange is especially stimulating and very interesting to look at. Let's go to the final fact of the episode, which is the name. Where does the name come from? 
Now, because I figure many of us have already figured out why it has the special distinction of being a bearded dragon, but that word dragon, what exactly does it mean? It comes first from a mid-13th century word dragoon and was described as a fabulous or fantastical animal common to the conceptions of many different peoples. And it comes from the old French word coming directly from the Latin meaning huge serpent or dragon. The Latin then comes from the Greek dracon, which means serpent or giant sea fish. And that word dracon is apparently from the prefix of drac, which means to see clearly. So perhaps the literal sense of the word dragon would mean the one with the deadly glance. So the word dragon has a very rich etymological history, but I can see how the literal sense of the one with the deadly glance might even apply aptly to the bearded dragon. They have this piercing look on their face, quite neutral, and I can see how it can be taken as a very deadly glance. Now we are going to move on to the review portion of the show where I read a review from one of you special listeners out there. This review is coming all the way from the United States of America and is written by a user named Sarah with many H's at the end. Sarah writes, This podcast has seriously saved me. After dealing with a major surgery, I was having trouble with anxiety when trying to sleep. I tried meditation sleep stories, and many different podcasts and found that this is the one for me. I love the new format with the facts in the beginning, so now I can learn a few things before drifting off to sleep. I'd absolutely love an episode on Highland Cows. That's a great suggestion. Sarah continues, Thank you for the great pod. Thank you, Sarah, for the absolutely wonderful review. I am so glad that the podcast has been a big help to you after you tried many different things to be able to go to sleep. Reviews like yours are just one of the reasons why I love doing this show and why I am so grateful to be the host of it. I am also glad that Sarah and I hope many others enjoy the new format of the show in which we get right into the show from the get-go and saving all of the audience interaction to the end. I suppose that many people would already be asleep by now, but for those of you that get your animal requested or you want really to see if your review is being featured on the show, I guess many of you would stick around. Regardless, if you want to send in a request to the show, you can do so in one of three ways. You can send a message to Relax with Animal Facts on Instagram. 
You can submit the animal request form on the website relaxwithanimalfacts.com. Alternatively, you could directly email relaxwithanimalfacts at gmail.com. Your animal suggestions, your funny stories are all absolutely welcome, and I look forward to hearing from you. I hope all of you have enjoyed this episode on the Bearded Dragon, and I hope that all of you will join me on the next podcast episode with the next animal. Take care.